Just releasing energy. <laughs> no phones. Yeah, that makes a weird noise. Did you have a spicy McDonald's chicken sandwich? I did. Yeah. How was it? Oh. And some McNugnugs. Oh, <laughs> McNug-nugs. good thing you don't have to work. You only work a half day on Friday. I uh, I actually took tomorrow. Off. I was supposed to go to yeah. South Dakota. What? For that football game. Well, are. I'm still going, but football the football game. game got canceled. They What's moved. What? They moved their schedule from spring to fall or fall to spring. College. Yep. So the Coyotes are supposed to play uh, versus the UNI Panthers tomorrow. But it got canceled because a South Dakota player tested positive for COVID. There we go. And COVID ruined the NDSU game last week. So two two weeks in a row. Oh, so NDSU, NDS who? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Border Outdoors podcast. I'm Mac. I'm Seth. And today we have fan favorites, Brotherhood <laughs> Hunting. <laughs> What's up, boys? We got uh, Nick and Reese here today to talk a little bit about. Spring turkeys. We're excited. We uh, have some good information here today, and we are going to start out with like a beginner novice level, what turkey hunting basically is in the springtime, what to look for, the dates, the important stuff. Um, We're here to spill it all, and we're excited. Reese, what do you got? Well, can I just put this out there? By the time this airs, it'll be Tuesday before the season opens, right? Two days right before. Two days before the season opens? Oh, one day. No, because it's Wednesday. Yeah. This yeah whole, the is this going to be our, Okay. Yeah. So, will people still have time? The, this is going to air on the 6th. Oh, so it'll be a week in a couple of days. Yeah. So, we have a little time. Okay. Oh, so, okay. people will have over a week to prepare. Is that enough time for them to go turkey hunt? Definitely. Absolutely. Okay. Let's go. What, uh, how long? Okay. I'm just going to kind of go back and forth. Who's been hunting turkeys the longest? Nick has. Yep. How long have you been hunting turkeys? This will be uh, my fifth season out hunting turkeys between college and back home. And so just give people like, what got you into turkey hunting? What got me into it originally was just kind of going out with friends in college and thinking that we could make something happen. We ran around with decoys right away and uh, we literally put out one decoy. We had six guys and one bow. It didn't even make sense. (laughs) We were out there literally like looking for turkeys, like running around with the decoy. We'd go out there and place it and we'd like sit for a while. We thought it was like fishing. You just throw it out there and they'd come to you. <laughs> and uh, little did we know, it doesn't work. So This is in South Dakota? Yeah, this is in uh, Yankton, South Dakota. Oh my gosh. <laughs> did you ever get one? No. No, no we didn't. <laughs> did you ever see one? Can you believe it? Yeah, we did see them. We chased them. So we would chase them with bows. Like, nice. It was crazy. <laughs> did you just throw the bow at them? No, we didn't. We should have. Have you ever shot a bow? Uh, I have shot a bow, and I drew back on a turkey, actually, surprisingly, in college, but it was a hen, so I had to uh, not shoot that. So That's uh, 101. We only shoot toms. That's what you're going nice. for, folks. Nice. So what? What? what's a tom? For people like this, is we're going to try to do, like Nick said, like a beginner, because I've never gone turkey hunting. Seth, you've gone. I've gone a handful of times. A handful, yep. and you guys are, like, Nick, you love turkey hunting. Reese, do you? Because you do bow. I do bow, yeah. And you're like more that. of the shotgun. 
Yep. And so just a quick uh, plug on the DNR here. We got the dates exactly right in front of us. So Bo was going to run from April 14th to May 31st. You get that whole duration of turkey season to hunt, go out and try to get on the bow. Shotgun, they do a little different. They do it uh, week by week. It's Wednesday to Wednesday to Sunday or Wednesday, Wednesday to, to Tuesday. Wednesday to Tuesday, yep. So, so you, you got full seven days. Yep, you got A to uh, E for shotgun. So the A season is April 14th to 20th. The B season is April 21st to 27th. C is April 28th to May 4th. D is May 5th to 11th. And E, May 12th to 18th. And the F is 19th to 31st, like when I said when bow ends. So you can go any of those seasons with shotgun, A to E. And if you don't shoot one there, the best part is you get a bonus week at the end of the season to go out one more time. That last season F, you are eligible with a shotgun to go back out. Well, and that's a week and a half. So it's a little bit, F season's a little bit longer. Oh, okay. So yep. when you go buy your license, you say, I want season C. And yep. if you're unsuccessful, you can go back out in season F? Yep. Nice. Oh, okay. I did not know that. That's no, awesome. Because we're, we're looking at it up. We were looking up all the regs not too long ago, and we kind of got confused a little bit. A little bit. I was mostly just concerned with what I could do with bow and arrow, yeah. but that's that's awesome. I didn't know you could have a second chance with the gun. That's sweet. Yep, and that last season is a little bit longer too, so I think it's a week and a half, if I'm not mistaken on there. Yep. But yeah, so it's a little bit longer in case you don't get one in your, in your seven days. Sure. For your first season. And I think they used to do drawings for A, B, and C. And Actually, now they don't do drawings? Correct. So they used to do a lottery system for that, but they have changed that. So now you can go and pick your season whenever you want, whatever works best for you, and uh, go ahead and go with those dates. So um, some next things, like just starting out basic. I mean, it can be public land, private land. Just go out. It's almost like goose and duck. You're going to go out and you're going to drive around and you're going to scout and look for turkeys in the fields, on the edge of the swamps, um, if you're out in the woods and you happen to see one. You're just going to go out, walk around, and try to find those turkeys. I mean, they are easy enough in some ways. If they're in the area, they're going to be feeding at some sort of, like, corn, soybean field. Um, you know, they're going to be moving, and they're very um, pattern-specific, I would say. I think I read something online today. Like, they only – they stay between, like, 300 to 1,000 acres is their general roaming area. And they don't go much more than, like, five miles or so, like, three to five miles is kind of their home base. And they're you can pattern them. They usually roost in the same area every night. For the most part, they might change it up a little bit, but they don't vary from their main core area. So when you're driving around, I mean, if you see something, stop in, ask a farmer, um, you know, go ahead and go to those public spots and try to find them. Um, I'm lucky enough to have some private land. Uh, I was going to say, so plenty of it. So Nick, you, you, since you farm around here, you're able to hunt your, your guys's farmland. Correct. What's it like? Cause I know Reese, you do public. What's it like just to go out and be like, oh, because your doesn't your dad have like a honey hole spot? Yeah, where it's, like uh, no one can hunt it. It's just him. He can get he gets like a nice tom every year. Um, to take a step back from that, why can is there a reason why you can only shoot toms? Like, what's the difference between a tom and a jake and a hen? How do you tell the difference between the, the between all of them? That's a great question. So a tom is your mature adult male, fully grown turkey. It's usually got a longer beard. It's got longer spurs. It's got the bright colored head. A jake is a little bit more immature. And what did you talk about, Jake? You shot one. I've never done that. So. <laughs> wow. It's a uh, Jake's just more like a... <laughs> wow. I, only, I only shoot the big ones. I don't, I don't <laughs> shoot the ones out of the hatch. Uh, no, they're, I think they're like a year or two years old, or Jake's. They're just smaller. They have a smaller beard, less developed, and not as big. I heard something that like when they 
what is it? It's called fan out, right? Yep. Yep. That the tom, all the the tail feathers are all completely like they're all the same length. It's like a perfect same height. Yeah. Good, so, smooth, yeah symmetrical. Same, but yeah. then a uh, a Jake, the like the three or a couple in the middle are taller than the outside ones. Okay. Supposedly. I, guess, I got a picture. I've never really looked at it, but I guess yeah, take a look at it. I was looking it up on the YouTube. You know, like those. Um, uh, those Chinese fans you used to have when you were yeah. a kid. And Reese's turkey is about the size of that. Oh. <laughs> it's, it wasn't much it's smaller gross, than yours. Shot gross. Yeah. Yeah. It was not much smaller than yours. And Jake's can still gobble, right? Uh, yeah, they Correct. definitely. Uh, like I definitely had a Jake come in once, and I, he was definitely gobbling. It was a little less impressive. Than yeah, it's some of the other as, ones. It's probably not as deep as like a, yeah, a true tom. Definitely not. Have you guys heard that? Like when you set up your decoys, not to have two jakes. You, and honestly, uh-uh. with decoy setup, I have not found a rhyme or reason. I so every time my dad and I have gone out and we've still been successful, we set a hen and a tom every single time. But like they say, don't set don't set up two jakes because the tom won't come in because two jakes will fuck up a tom. Oh really? Like I have not heard that. So they will they like they'll come look and then if they see two jakes, they'll just. Goal the complete What's other this way. old guy doing in our club? And Pretty much. Game yeah. up on him? <laughs> yeah. Oh, not cool, bro. So they well, s- say to do like your research or to like watch, like you huh. said, when you're uh, s- scouting, whatever you see out there, try to mock what is out there. Sure. Obviously, you're not going to be like duck and goose hunting where you're putting out a dozen decoys, but. Right. And as a disclaimer, <laughs> just for everyone out there, there can be an anomaly of a bearded hen. Like there is bearded yep. hens out there. You and have you, to be careful of that. You can shoot those though. Yeah, it's legal too, right? Yeah, it's really? legal. The only thing you have to have, I think it's just a noticeable beard. So it doesn't matter if it's a hen or a tom. It just has to have a beard on it. Isn't that crazy? Like, it'd be fun to shoot a bearded hen. Yeah. Like, who else has done that? You don't get the pretty, <laughs> you don't get the pretty fan, but. Right. Does it, it's still does, pretty does, it does it identify itself as a hen? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. We can't go into that <laughs> podcast. You, you better ask it first. <laughs> Before you shoot it, you don't want, you want to make sure. Hey, hey, got a question. <laughs> But like, okay, so Nick, have you shot? You're hunting your your get back on your family's private land. Your dad's got a honey hole. Do you hunt that spot, or do you have your areas that you try to do different? Like, you have your spot, you go on this day, or do you just hunt the same spot every time? Uh, it really depends. I'll be honest on with uh, where we are at with spring planting. So it's like if we're busy planting one week and we can't turkey hunt, like we might not get out A necessarily, or we might not go out B. So it's whenever the planter shut down, we got a little bit of time in a couple days. We'll usually uh, pack up everything in the ranger from the back of my parents' house. We'll drive out to uh, where we set up in the pasture. Same oak tree, same setup every year. And, um, yeah, it's it's a great spot. It's great to have the ability to have private land. But I think, um, you know, I still like the challenge of going out and finding new pieces so last year I did, Reese and I actually went out and hunted another farm that we rent down the road just to try to challenge ourselves a little bit. So last year I didn't shoot a turkey. Like that's, I could have, if I really wanted to go set up my dad and I went out and he had his tag and he tagged out. Um, I think we might've hunted two days for that day. That was a weird thing. We usually only go out once and we get a turkey. We're pretty lucky like that because we farm them according mm-hmm. to Reese. So <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so we're, uh, that's duck. Yeah, that's my phone. Sorry. That's the wrong species, man. Oh, my car warranty's up. So, So, the oak tree, is that your dad's setup? Yeah. Okay. Do you have to sneak in? Like, we, we, you know, going back on the Kruger episode, he's belly crawling for 
60 yards at this Tom that was 200 yards away. I do know. you guys go that elaborate or do you just... That was an epic story. Um, <laughs> my dad is not the most physical guy, so usually he'll take the Ranger and drive it right up to the spot, dump off the blind, <laughs> the decoys, and the shotgun, go park the Ranger about 60 yards away. Uh, one time I did come out later than him when we actually, uh, the year I got my turkey out there, and I did crawl slash like stock out there um, as sneakily as I could. And it was probably, it wasn't as extreme as the Kruger one, but I think maybe a couple hundred yards or something to sneak out to the blind. Uh, it was a great time, great experience. And we ended up shooting one that night. But we'll get into the actual specifics a little bit later. Um, we can talk about some other novice things too for guys who are going out scouting public land. Like, let's just kind of dive into next. Like, Reese, you want to talk about like, what should a guy buy when they want to get into turkey hunting? Like, what are some of the bare essentials? Probably the biggest thing is going to be a hen decoy because you can do pretty much anything with just a hen decoy you don't need a jake or a tom uh next would be maybe a blind i know this year or this past year for most of it i just used a burlap just a piece of burlap hung it over some trees and hid behind that and that seemed to work out pretty decent but there's not a whole lot that you need to get ready for a uh, turkey hunt and obviously a weapon of some sort well yeah shotgun or bow or crossbow Whatever can, you need. Can anyone use a crossbow? 60 and over, or if you have a uh, disability. Can Same as big game, yep. yeah. Can't you use the, <laughs> if you're using the firearm season, can't you use a crossbow? Anybody can. I. No, you can't use a, the the archery. You can't use the archery no, tag. No, but if you have a, but if, if you, you have, have a, a firearm tag. Then you can use a crossbow. Then cro- you can use a crossbow, right? Uh, that sounds right, but I'm not 100% confident. I can't. I'd have to look that. it up. I'd have to look it up. Jamie. I'm not. <laughs> it sounds right. I thought you could because it's the same with deer hunting. You can use a crossbow during rifle season, but you can't during bow season unless you have the special permit or you're over okay. certain age. You just have to have a gun tag then? You have to have the gun tag. So you can only hunt the week or whatever it is. Yeah. Or sure. that last season. Or the last season. Either. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yep. And Reese brought up a good point. Like, you don't need to go out and buy a $400 blind and set up. I mean, you can use a piece of burlap. If you really want to get sassy, you could just grab some sticks and grass from the marsh. You know what I mean? You don't have right. to go all out and even dump $1,000 in a turkey hunt to get started. And it, it, a hen decoy does not cost what half a dozen goose decoys cost you. Like, what is it? 30 bucks for a decent something yeah, that, that'll get I mean, you out there? You can. They're kind of all over the place. So, if yep. you want one, you can get it like 30 40 bucks all the way up to... 250 bucks for just one decoy okay so it's whatever you want to spend on that nice you can use it you can you go yep if you have the firearm license you can use it thank you jamie yep (laughs) (laughs) well you guys you guys are doing a pretty good job keep on going you guys are you have a whole list a piece of paper that you guys printed out and you're way more prepared than i was today (laughs) well we are pretty passionate about turkey hunting um like I said, I mean, you get your get your blind. I'd say that's pretty important if you can definitely afford it. I would try to go out and purchase one. You don't, like I said, there's different levels of that too. Just like decoys, you can spend a thousand dollars, you can spend fifty dollars. I mean, there's different brands out there. Um, I know my dad and I, we just have a Cabela's blind that we've been using for years. Uh, Reese has a Muddy. Is that? Yeah, it's a Muddy Infinity Three. And that one was pretty cheap too. And Reese, you're going out on public most of the time, so you're probably bringing it out and setting it up the morning of or whatever. Last year I did. So the first year, I've only turkey hunted for two years, so this okay. will be my third. But my first year was mostly private, 
and then we had a blind out there and then last year was majority of it was public land and i'd bring my blind out there and set it up and it's it's pretty easy i mean they're pretty light pretty sure. small nick you're just leaving yours up like uh we, we would do? at times yep they we, shoot uh, theirs the first time so they don't need <laughs> it they don't need to leave it up honestly he's not wrong uh, <laughs> seth you did that you have a story about that don't you about what shooting my blind yeah yeah but let's stay with the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and another good thing, uh, so you get your blind, you get it set up. You want to be somewhat close to the roost if you can. And a roost, by definition, if you guys don't know, turkeys flying to trees at night to avoid predators. And it's awesome. If you guys haven't heard a roost in early morning when you're just sitting there and you just hear turkeys gobbling to each other, it like just like they said in Kruger's podcast, it is the best thing you'll ever hear. I mean, it, it the blood just gets flowing. Well, and that's like uh, them talking about how pretty much any sound at night. What do they call it? I think Matt told me it's called like what putting them to bed or something. Yeah, and you people do like an owl call, a crow call, and they'll they'll pretty much call back to anything so you don't even need that yeah like Like, any noise at all and they'll when we go out sometimes you shut your door a little bit too loud and they'll gobble at it (laughs) (laughs) so is that a good way to find out where that where the root like if you go out like i don't know it's just starting to get dark now and you walk out into the woods and you make a call and if you start hearing them from distance can you go up closer and closer kind of quietly to find out where it is to set up for the next day is that a yeah they don't is that an option they don't normally fly down until it's light out well they're talking about scouting at night the night before like when they fly up well yeah, I don't like know. They're, they're up in the tree, and you're trying to scout a spot. So, I don't know how much they gobble at night. Right. I think it's more so well, in the I morning. Mean, I mean, like, yeah. right at, like, the last, like, but, half hour Yeah, right at dusk. Yeah. I think that gets you a general location. Yeah. You'd still want to – my understanding is that you'd still want to try to get in there in the morning. And if, if it's hunting season, maybe call once or twice to fine-tune it. But – Are they going to – now, are they going to gobble at you before the sun comes up? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Really? Sometimes, but like yeah. right before, like like if shooting time is what a half hour before sunrise, it's like a half hour before sunrise till shooting time. Yeah. Like oh, that's so when they, they really you start can't talking. walk out there at like three o'clock in the morning and start calling, no. and they're no, like, no. You, you should have a <laughs> pretty sleeping. good idea where you're yeah. going before then. So yeah, okay. but but like you said earlier, they tend to roost in the same area, right? Correct. So it's pretty easy. Same once general you, area. Yeah. Right. Once you find that roost and. uh like I know they talked about before too, like sneaking up in the morning and you hear them. You don't want to get, it's like that perfect Goldilocks effect where you don't want to get too close, but you don't want to be too far away. And so you got to really put in the time, put in the homework. If you can get out prior and set up your blind so you don't have to make a bunch of noise and you get in there, like you can just sneak out to your blind in the morning, have it all brushed in. You're basically just putting a shell in your gun or knocking your arrow. That would be ideal. Um, and another thing too is putting your decoy out we kind of brought it up, um, you know. I think I really like like that fifteen to twenty yards for shotgun. That's yeah, maybe shotgun. thirty at longest for a shotgun. But Reese, you want to speak about like how would how do you do it with bow? Normally, it's about eight to thirteen or so. Because if they do hang up and they don't come all the way into the decoys, then you you um like if they're at twenty yards, you can still make a twenty yard shot. I don't know if I'd go much further than that, just because it's such a those are small target. Those are very specific numbers that I've like never heard. Like <laughs> you want them at eight yards, which or thirteen. Well, five, like, I've never five is five is too close. <laughs> so five's too close. Like I think pretty much every time we do it, it's about twelve or thirteen yards. So it's kind of on that really further because like just for instance, I've been on a few turkey hunts. They literally will come in between your 
decoy and you're blind. And if your decoy is at five yards, yeah, it sounds stupid, but it's really hard to make that shot out of a blind with a bow. Yeah, like you're you're trying to lean up and over the edge of your blind. It's too close. Uh, yeah, it's too close. It's it's stupid. Nobody, you never practice at that distance, right? You would never stand three steps away from your target, and your arrow. It's not that big a target you're going for. Yeah. So yeah. Reese, you're 100% correct. Like, it is too close. It sounds dumb, but it is for, for archery. Where are you shooting? Now, I, I don't know if you guys want to jump ahead to this, but since you're tar- talking about, you know, the, the yardage with a bow, where are you shooting them? Are you shooting them in the head, or are you actually going for the vitals? <clears throat> oh, it depends. Um, so there's a bunch of different shots. Like, if they're turned away from you, you can shoot them in the back, kind of, and that's that's actually a pretty good shot. In the butthole? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, like, when they're fanned out, like, yeah. you want to aim right for there if they're faced away from you. And We're that's talking a, archery, right? Archery, yeah. 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 Just making sure. yep. And that goes right into the vitals. And then there's a spot on the wing. So, it's kind of where the, the wing starts. If they're, like, broadside, you want to hit them in that general area right there. Or you can always go for the head, too. I mean, a head is from the neck up is going to kill them. Do you and need- if they're front on, you want to aim right. There's, like, a crease between where their neck stops and their beard starts. Okay. Right in there. Now, do you need a, is there special, like what are, I don't know if you guys know this, does Minnesota have a restriction on broadheads when it comes to, to uh, turkey hunting? You have to have a minimum of seven eighths inch width. And is there like a maximum length? I thought I heard something you couldn't be over like three inches or something. It's two inches for big game, but it doesn't say anything about it for, for turkeys. For turkeys. So I think you can use a little bit longer, like those guillotine broadheads yeah i think you can use those because it just gives you a minimum length but for like big game it gives you minimum seven eighths maximum two inches and are you using just the same broadheads that you use for deer hunting yep well, what, use, what do you use for your broadheads for turkeys for turkeys i use uh g5 montek and then i used to use those for deer hunting but i switched for i use Ramcats for deer hunting now oh okay so i mean you could use whatever broadhead pretty much okay so for uh, shotgun guys, I mean, typically, to be honest, I go headshots. I'm just going to put that bead right on the turkey's head and pull the trigger, and I've never failed. <laughs> uh, I've never heard of anybody taking an alternate shot than that with gun, right? Yeah, you wouldn't I mean, want to because yeah. you destroy the meat. Damage right. the meat, for sure. And what do you what do you shoot for, like, a load, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, Nick, sure. tell us. A Three to four roper. I mean, no, we're talking about, oh, uh, so oh, 12, yeah. 12 gauge. <laughs> three inches and uh <laughs> now we're back to shotgun shells um uh usually you're gonna shoot around anywhere from like three to five shots seth to actually honestly answer your question and brand i am not a brand whore when it comes to shooting uh i shot my first two turkeys with uh winchester longbeard xr and last year i s- just by happenstance uh i went with federal grand slam so it really, did. I don't think it'd be too picky, but whatever you can find right now. And you, yeah. uh, 20 gauge or 12, what do you shoot? I shoot 12 gauge. Um, and I, you know, like reset right now, I almost kind of hard to find. I really don't think the brand matters that much. I, you know, some guys get super into turkey chokes and do I need a turkey choke for my shotgun? I honestly just use my pattern master from duck hunting. And so that's what I use. It's rated for the, um, you know, shotgun shells that I'm putting through my gun. So that's what I would recommend if guys have that pattern master in great. If they don't, I wouldn't say go out and waste the money necessarily, especially when you're getting into it to start. You don't need to go in and waste a bunch of money. 
Um, you know, if you keep your shots um, for shotgun anywhere from that, you know, five to people have shot them out to 80 yards, but I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, I'd say anywhere from like five to 40 yards, I'd feel comfortable taking a shot and 40 is pushing it for me personally. Sure. But I don't want to take those 80 yard shots and crazy and your turkey choke's not going to give you that no matter what the marketing says. Right. It, it's pure luck at that point, right? A Absolutely. baby happens to find the skull at that point. So, um, and they're tough birds too. Yeah. You oh, want to talk yeah. about Hoagie's bow story? That, that's kind of wild how that he shot it and it didn't die and then it attacked your small hen or yearling, whatever you shot. <laughs> what? It's called a Jake. Okay. <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't Kruger say something about how like their feathers are like chain mail or something? I mean, they're tough, like not like, chain mail tough or anything like that, but they can layer up like a scale. You know what I mean? So like, but I mean, I've never heard of it not, what? like I've never heard of it stopping an arrow or anything crazy like that. But So do you want to shoot a tom when it's fanned up or fanned out? Is, is it, or is that a no-go? With, with archery? Like, no, well, with either, archery, either or. Yeah, with archery, yes. Or shotgun with guns, doesn't matter. Sure. yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter because yeah. you're shooting going. at their head. There's yep. no feathers on them. You take it any way you can get it. The only really? thing when they're strutting out is with gun. When they strut and fan out, generally their heads are tucked back. So yeah. if you're worried about clipping any kind of meat along its back or something weird, maybe you make a noise and get it to relax just for that. But otherwise, it should be fine. And when they're when they're fanned out and kind of puffed up, they're for bow. It's deceiving on like the target because I mean it's. You have their actual body, and then you have the feathers are like twice that. Well, that's and that's what I've heard is that you don't want to shoot them when they're all puffed up. That's probably majority because, of people shoot yeah. is when they're. Puffed oh, really? Because like I always heard that when they're like walking in or right after that, when they're normal size, is your best opportunity to shoot them. Otherwise, you have a good chance of missing them with the bow. If you have decoys out there and there's a hen, odds are they're going to be full strut. Yeah. yeah, and they're going to be. They're gonna, that's when you're going to be taking your to, shot. Yeah, I need to, in I need my to, experience, I the only time they're not strutting once they're within 50 yards is when they're like, oh, you missed me. I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they're running away and they're gone. Yeah, yeah. I need to get up on my like turkey like vocabulary, like <laughs> strutting, fanned out. I like I In layman's I, terms, yeah, you're like, on it. <laughs> imagine, imagine you're at the gym and there is this really, really hot hen there. Actually, whatever you want to classify her as. And you're with the boys, and you're like, I'm going to throw on 315 in the bench press. You know, you go up there, you hit it, you're all big, whatever. You got your chest all fanned <laughs> up, up, up. Right. And then a guy like Reese goes up there, and he puts 135 on. Like, you know, that hen really wants that guy who's pushing 315. I mean, she wants that guy with the, ch- the yeah. chest bump. The Jake is cute. I'd be but... like the Jake, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, to go back to some uh, technical stuff, guys. Some different calls that you can buy. Um, you can go cheap or expensive, but you're going to have either mouth, slate, box, or shake gobbler. And so uh, I started out with the mouth slash slate combination for calling. I'd say mouth is a little tricky, to be honest, at times. I think it's one of the harder ones to learn. Obviously, box is beginner. Um, I'd say they're easiest to call on, don't you think, Reese? I've never used one, so I couldn't say. What, who, what brand... Name a brand of a box call. I Primos. Oh, yeah. As I say, Primo is a huge one. Okay. Yeah, that's one I was Huge one, and it's definitely the easiest to use, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, box calls are nice. I mean, mouth calls, a lot of archery guys like mouth calls because you have that little reed in your mouth, and you mm-hmm. don't have to actually physically scratch a slate, or you don't have to, like, gobble. Or, it's a lot less movement. Yeah. Yeah, it's way more simple. Um, I personally think slate is my favorite. 
Uh, I just have a cheaper one that my dad and I share. It's just a Cabela's brand. Um, respotted JT calls slate last year. I think uh, you really can't go wrong with what you buy. It's just about practicing, as with goose calling, duck calling, anything. It's just putting those time, you know, the hours in, listening to some YouTube, practicing in the truck, driving to work, annoying your friends at work. Um, <laughs> it's super fun just to try to learn. I mean, the different sounds that they make are like a cluck, a purr, a yelp, and a gobble. And those are really common calls to do, uh, especially the cluck and the purr. Yelp is is in there too. Gobble, I would honestly say, is kind of one that personally I've used and not a lot of guys have. When I talk to people about turkey calling, they're like, oh, yeah, hen, you know, you got your cluck and your purr and yelp. Like, that's kind of your main three. And one year we were out there, and the only thing that did work to bring that turkey in my first year, my first time ever hunting, killing a turkey, was that shake gobbler. My dad hit it, and just that gobble made the tom go insane and, like, charge our turkey decoy and come within 20 yards. And what? I'd never had that experience before. Yeah, what? just what? something different, I suppose. What's a shake gobbler? I've never I've never heard of that. So Primos makes it. It's almost like this six to eight inch long thing, and it's got like three little bulges on it. You grab, you grab that. <laughs> Back to it's this again. Oh, it is black and it's ribbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Oh, uh, and you hold the end of it, and you just give it one good shake, and it just it, it mimics the sound of a tom gobbling. And, and then it hits you with a cooling mist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's oh okay. It looks just like um, careful. No, the the, the, the hold, duck the duck call. You hold yeah. the little end of it. Yeah, like the duck the call, call. The, the feed yep. call. Yeah. Yep. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never. I would, I never even seen one of these before. I'm but. telling you, that's a jack in the box, like great card up the sleeve. If nothing's if, working and responding, I highly if recommend. If you go it. to Walmart to buy a turkey call, they're going to have that one on the shelf and a cheap slate call. Yep. Like, yep, you're set. You're set for a beginner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's huh. uh, just kind of some basics to get started. I mean, I can't think <clears throat> of anything else for an intro. I mean, we've covered dates, we've covered what weapons to use, um, the shot size, as some would say, the arrows. Um, we've talked about kind of the ins and outs. Uh, well, nice thing with turkey hunting is you can make it as cheap as you want and be successful. It's nothing out there is too expensive unless you your bows and your guns, that's probably going to be your most expensive part. Right. Everything else, you can come pretty cheap or you can go as expensive as you want with it. Yeah, and I think you guys would agree, like so many, so many of the people that turkey hunt, like – before they did it, they weren't really that excited about it. But as soon as you do it, it is so much fun. Like, it seems like guys that love turkey hunting love elk hunting. Whoa. What in the? I don't know. Oh, text message. Oh, yeah. boy. Uh, but so, it seems I'm like sorry. guys that like elk hunting love turkey hunting and vice versa. Yeah. If, if they've done both. Because the gobble is just like an elk bugle. The response you get from the You don't get that with whitetail. You don't get that even with ducks or geese you know what i mean like it's, yep. it's a one-on-one conversation when they're responsive and i don't know it just feels like a sweet chess match you know i was gonna say is that why people like nick why or even reese or all, all three of you why do you love turkey hunting so much is it because this hunting season has been over for however many months and this is the first opportunity to get out into the field and kill something that's a big part of it. Is that like your your adrenaline gets you, it sets your mind right and sets the stage for the rest of the year? I think we'll just go around the table. Let's start with Seth and we'll move to me. That, that's a huge part for me. I, I'm so antsy in the spring and the weather's starting to warm up and it's just fun to get out. Like when I started, when I went turkey hunting the first time, it was in South Dakota because a buddy of mine talked me into it. 
and it was just kind of a fun we went out there and camped in a tent and turkey hunted for a few days and it was just like because we were antsy it had been a long winter and man it feels like falls there you know but i had zero interest in killing a turkey just the idea of going out and doing something different was fun but the first day i heard that first gobble i was like this is freaking sweet and then they've effed me over every time I've hunted them. So <laughs> now I just hate them. So, but damn it, do I respect them? <laughs> so for me personally, college, it was just getting out with buddies, doing something different. Springtime, we were bored. Um, between that and snagging paddlefish at the Yankton Dam, there wasn't much to do. <laughs> and yes, that's not legal. But five years ago, kidnap me. Um, so the big thing now, honestly, is when I came back is we had turkeys on our land. And actually, Mackenzie and I were talking about this the other day. We never saw turkeys growing up around here. When I was growing up on the farm, I never, ever dreamed of shooting a turkey. We never saw them. They weren't a thing. I came back after college, and all of a sudden, we had a turkey farm, so to speak. Um, it started out with just like five or six, and now they're up to anywhere from 20 to 30 turkeys at a time out there. And so the big thing to me was like we got technical about it. My dad researched it. He got all excited. He went out and bought a blind, you know, from Cabela's and he bought a cheap call right away. We bought some decoys and we just went out there and tried it and we were successful. But the big thing for me personally is just the um, experience of my dad. We're the only two in my family who do it right now. So when we go out together and kind of have that connection, it's like one of those things you can do with another person. You're not in the stand by yourself, like whitetail hunting. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of like the duck hunting vibe, the camaraderie of just going out bullshit and you don't have to be super quiet all the time. You can talk, you know, there's a turkey, it's coming in, you know, all the fun stuff that goes along with hunting. So for me, it's really just sharing that experience with my dad. That's the best part. Mine, I guess, is a little different. Uh, <laughs> how do you, how do you, uh, follow that, up that? That's tough to follow. He gets to spend time with his dad. What are you, what are you doing? So mine was. <laughs> yeah, I hate my dad. I want to get away. No. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> no, um, mine was, I didn't want to wait. So like deer season ends, end of December. Didn't want to wait all the way till duck opens or goose opens in September. And it's a hunting season. So I was like, well, I'll give it a try. So we went out first year, was two years ago, went out with a buddy on uh, some private land that he had. And first day saw nothing. It was like, okay, this is, this is great. Heard him, but didn't see him. Second day. We had one come in, buddy shot it, missed it, and then we had like 10 of them come in after that. And Jeez. then that's when just I heard, like we were sitting there on our phones, we're like, oh, we missed that one, It's we're done for the day, and 10 of these things walk in, and <laughs> and uh, we both tagged out that day, and it's just been, it's, it's super fun. It's like a cross between deer hunting and waterfall hunting. So like you get a call at them, and you get to see them in, come in, but they're, you're, you set up kind of like deer hunting, where you're in a blind and you're kind of concealed or you're trying to conceal yourself and then being super still when they come in and you could use a bow to kill them. That's, you it's can, awesome. Yeah. You can use gun or bow just like deer hunting. Yeah. <clears throat> the other thing I liked is basically sense, not a factor. So like, it's not the same stress as deer hunting where you're like, Oh, the wind's gotta be perfect yeah. for this spot or that. Like you just kind of go out there and it's all about it's the a, calling and, and concealment is yeah. really what you're worried about. It's really nice being able to, drink your coffee not have to worry about the smell and stuff like that in the blind mm-hmm. and you don't have to sit there and spray yourself down it's yeah it's easy hunting yep it's super nice what is uh what's one hiccup that you guys have found like turkey hunting like what's one thing that what what do they have they have really good eyes is that like their yeah. number one deal yep they see a lot a lot of movement so when you go on a ground blind 
what are you, are you dressed in just all black head to toe? You got face paint on or what? No. No, last last year I used um, just camo, whatever I used for deer hunting, and then a, a face covering. Oh, okay. A lot of guys do wear all black, though. Yeah, that's what I'll be wearing this year. And yeah, just when you're... I just Now I have all black stuff, so I just Oh, because you, you were just talking before, I don't know if it was on this, but how you use just burlap. So is that why you're in camo, because you weren't in a ground blind? So I did, I did, so I bought my ground blind like halfway through the year last year. So I used camel throughout the whole year, but when I was in the ground or uh, with the burlap, I use camel when I'm in the ground blind camel. Didn't really matter. So let's just go right into this kind of next segment of the podcast with some uh, personal experiences. And I figured Reese, uh, you kind of kick it off something you would change, something you liked, but your first experience turkey hunt and your first kill, what was it like? First experience ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> we we ended up, just like I said before, uh, my buddy and I, we tagged out same day. It was the second morning. Um, that was my first year hunting, and it just kind of spoiled us because last year I tried and tried and tried and didn't get a shot at one. But first year, um, yeah, I guess it was just it was a little too easy. It made it a little too easy to go for your first year. We were um, hunting private land. I had uh, we had one nice tom come in, and it was Buddy Haugie had missed it, or maybe he grazed it one of the two, but it went running off. And we had about ten more turkeys come in. We were sitting there on our phones. It was probably fifteen minutes later after that, and the, those came in, and I think nine out of the ten were hens, and we had one scrangly looking jake that strolled in and he was full strut and i asked how you like 10 times does that thing even have a beard <laughs> he's like yeah it's got one it's got one it's got a little one and ended up shooting that one it's got a goatee Take yeah. him. it was it was maybe two inches but it's the only one out there and there's all these yeah. hens so i was like well first bird i guess i'll, I'll take it that shot guy that was, one he's probably like oh yeah here we go i got <laughs> 10 to 1 odds <laughs> well, it, it was weird to see a jake with all those hens and right? then that tom was just kind of cruising around by himself wild but yeah shot him right in the heart jumped up in the air did a little backflip and laid right there and then Hoggy's bird came hauling in it was we didn't even know where it was and it came in probably 40 50 yards away and he started, the initial one you, he missed, right? Yeah, the one that he missed. And it started eating my turkey. It was sitting there pecking <laughs> at it, hitting it with its wings, scraping it up and everything. It was, And then he ended up shooting it finally. And then it ran off like 40 yards. You guys both took him with a bow? Both with a bow, yeah. That's awesome. That's, yeah. A, that's one thing. Like you, If you go on YouTube and you look at videos of turkey hunting, every there's almost every single person has one that's at, just beating the shit out of their decoy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It didn't touch our decoy. It was eating my turkey. I mean, it looks <laughs> yeah. like it was. A lot of guys get doubles because of that. Like yeah. go, even with gun, they'll blast one, and as soon as if two toms come in, the other one will see. Oh, that he's down for the count. Yeah, I'm gonna kick the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. and and then you get the other one. So. And I don't understand that. It's no, just, it's, crazy. it's weird. Normally, if you hear a gunshot or something like that, everything like deer, anything right. like that, they're gone. You yeah. never see them again. Yep. Turkeys, no, they're like, oh, I'm gonna check you out. <laughs> Now's my chance. Yeah. <laughs> that poor Jake. <laughs> I just keep going back to that poor Jake with nine hands. I was like, he was in the friend zone. This like, dude had it made. He's just like the friend of the, all these chicks. And uh. and uh, 
to kind of follow that, my first experience going out uh, once I got back, they said uh, we went out that first season. We bought all the brand new gear. We had the blind out. We had the decoy out. We had it set up uh, kind of different than how we do it now. It was more towards the field. Now we go kind of more towards like the middle of the pasture, the grass. Just I don't know if it's better sight or what. They seem to respond to that better now. <clears throat> and I would say my number one first mistake when Mac asked that was not knowing exactly where the shotgun holes to stick your gun outside the blind were. <laughs> because what happened was this turkey came in and we had the blind positioned wrong. And it had this blind is kind of a cheaper one. So it's got the Velcro that goes around the mesh sides. It's got two mesh sides and it's got uh, two shotgun sides. You can actually stick your gun outside the blind and shoot. And we had a position wrong where the turkey came in and it just, like I said, that my dad hit that shake gobbler and it had been just kind of reluctant. It was off in the distance. I mean, turkeys, it's kind of crazy. It, it can take, you can see a turkey and get all excited for a time and it might take you an hour, hour and a half before that bird either sees that he sees that turkey responds to that call your decoy i mean not the turkey so when it finally saw the decoy after that shake gobble it kind of knew oh there's the tom there's a decoy it charged in came about 20 yards exactly and there was no shotgun hole there and I'm like, <laughs> yeah dad i'm gonna shoot you blind <laughs> yeah, uh, we haven't shot a turkey ever so i'm just gonna go ahead and blast right through this screen <laughs> And that's exactly what I did. It was about 20 yards. Like I said, he aimed for the head, pulled the trigger, boom. All of a sudden, that bird's down. Um, they're so pretty. Like, if that's one thing in the spring I'll, I'll bring up is these birds are, like, full color. They're excited to be mating. Um, their heads are bright red to a blue. They're actual heads. Just saying. And uh, white. Yeah. And their beard, I mean, like just to see that, just to come in, it's just bright colors. The bird's beautiful. The beard, the spurs, everything about a turkey is just really beautiful. You just take it down to a simplistic level. These birds are pretty incredible. Yeah. When when they come in strutting, like they make a ton of noise with their feathers. Like like you hear this drumming sound or like thumping sound, like it's just their feathers fanning out like it's it's the most insane. I can't even describe what it sounds like. like. It's crazy. Like Wolverine, like yeah, <laughs> basically, like, yeah. It's crazy. Like you're like, what's that? Oh my gosh, that's his feathers making all that noise. You know, twenty yards away, you can hear it. Just yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I totally forgot even meant. Like when they get close, they definitely like. I've never not shot a turkey in strut. To be honest, I've never shot one running away or not fanned out. Um, Tom seemed to be pretty aggressive. I yeah. would say, and they're always fanned out when I see them. So. Yeah, it's the best part. It just gets you excited, man. God dang it. Now I just I just want to go turkey hunting. I can't wait. I I have no idea what to even uh, like I've never gone, so like Nick's kinda like which is fine. He took over like moderating this because he's got a list of everything yeah. that he wants to talk about because he's really into turkey hunting. And I'm just kinda sitting back and like I'm telling you, I'm I gonna th- ask I like these 90, stupid fucking questions that no, people are wondering. Ninety percent <laughs> of people that go turkey hunting for the first time didn't like oh I'll just I'll really? try it, but they weren't necessarily like super excited. But everybody that's gone that I know of, I mean they at least stick with it for a few years. Like it's a ton of fun. If you have one come in, it's a ton of fun. And most of the gear is crossover. So your shotgun, waterfall, deer hunting, potentially, depending on what you do. So your shotguns crossover your bow, same thing. Uh, ground blind, crossover piece of equipment. Really, your only specialty items are you're shooting special shells, maybe a special arrow, and you got your decoys. I mean, realistically, it's... Yeah, but if, if you wanted to, you could just use BB, right? You could, absolutely. Or yeah. three shot or whatever you use for ducks. Yep, just put yeah. a tight pattern in. 
get yeah. her done. So, yeah, that's what's great about it is anyone can do it. Um, my second experience, like I kind of mentioned before, I ended up meeting my dad halfway. And one thing I would also mention, like if you bust turkeys, like you are going to set up on your spot and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, the turkeys are there and you bust and they run off. And I was like, I was honestly disappointed. My dad texted me. He's like, yeah, I'm set up. Uh, you know, I took the liberty of going out before you. I didn't know if you're getting off work in time. He went out, busted some turkeys off of where we usually hunt. We set up and the turkeys came back. Like these birds are smart, but if they're, they want to be there, they're going to come back. It's mating season, so they're they're going to be a little stupid. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Who and if you stupid? didn't chase them, yeah. they're just, uh, you know, yeah. they, they see people come in and out of fields all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny to watch them, like, boop, 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 oh, like yeah. run away. <laughs> oh, like yeah. This big, when they're all, you know, strutting and they're all fanned out and all of a sudden, like, Did, yeah, then, like just on YouTube, obviously I haven't seen them in person, but then all of a sudden, like, just two little legs just. All of a sudden, they just all their feathers go down. They're just like, and they just run off into the trees. But if if you ever spook those freaking things, run fast. Oh yeah, they can haul. They scare the hell out of you too. I've walked up on some deer hunting, and all of a sudden, you think it's this fifty point buck, and all of a sudden, it's like two turkeys that are just like raptors in the tall grass. Just literally, they literally look like little raptors running away. It's the best, man. Yeah, they are super fun animal to hunt. They are smart. They are crafty. I mean, but they are stupid at times as well. So I can't encourage everyone enough to just get out, find some land, find someone who knows a little bit of something. If you have someone to teach you, that's great. If you want to learn by fire, that's even better. I'd say just go out and just make it happen. I mean, Reese took a guy out last year, a high school kid. and I mean, he showed him a few things. Didn't you take Sam out? Yeah. Yeah, he came out with me and he, he actually showed me more than what I knew at the time. So, yeah, no, it was, it was good. Nice. Seth, what's your story? Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't wait. My, uh, oh, boy. Um, well, my first one, so we went out to South Dakota, like I said, at, at this was, well, geez, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that. What it was was at that time, you had to apply for a license in Minnesota. It's kind of a last-minute thing, like, oh, you had to apply in the fall for your spring turkey license. Yeah. So, it was like, well, we missed that. But, oh, you can buy over-the-counter, basically, in South Dakota. So we just, we're just we going to go that route. So we went out to South Dakota, me and my buddy Joe Bullard, uh, like two weeks before the season opened. So late March, maybe the 1st of April. We went drove out to South Dakota, drove right down I-90, got to the Missouri River and just followed the river south. And we were checking out public land. And we got all the way down to Bone Steel, which is like basically the Nebraska border. Before we finally like found a turkey, <laughs> right? And we found a turkey and we're all excited. And uh, we're like, oh, look at this, all this public land here and there and here and there. And all of a sudden we started seeing a ton of turkeys and there's all this walk on public land. And this one farm had, I'm not kidding, 150 turkeys like out in one field. So we found, uh, we found the farmstead and it's all these, just a mud hole full of cows. And this toothless farmer comes walking up and we're like, hey, uh, any chance we could turkey hunt out here? And you know, he, blah, 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 blah. You know? <laughs> uh-huh. and ultimately what we got, what we got out of him was, uh, no, I got a guy from Minnesota. Uh, he, uh, he hunts here every year. Uh, babe, uh, Win- Winkleman, <laughs> babe, Winkleman had le- leased his property. We're like, well, at least we know we're in the right area. Right. Who's so, babe Winkleman. You don't know. Who you ba- don't know. Babe. What? Bing? Whoa. Is you it, don't know who babe Winkleman is. The great Bambino. Yeah. <laughs> He's the great Bambino of Minnesota outdoor, yeah. you know, Midwest outdoors. Hunting, like, fishing, pretty much everything. Okay. Yeah, Mac, your homework before the next one is to Google Babe Winkleman and watch some of his videos. 
Anyway, so we found some walk-on land, saw some turkeys, and so, you know, drove home. And uh, we did this all in one day. We left at like 2 a.m., and then we were going to stay the night, and this is at like sunset as we find our turkey hunting spot. We're like, well, I don't want to spend $40 for a hotel room. Let's just drive home. We're Jeez. we're like seven hours away. So we, we drove through the night to get back home and literally almost died falling asleep. And uh, anyway, so fast forward a few weeks, we go out there. I set up on the CRP, short CRP grass, knoll, and, uh, you know, heard a couple turkeys way in the distance kind of overlooking the Missouri River. And all of a sudden, I just hear, and all of a sudden, this Jake comes over the next ridge over. It's probably 250 yards away. And, like, they sound like they're closer than they are, right? I'm like, oh, he's, he's got to be, like, just down the hill from me. And then he pops over on the other ridge, and he literally sees my hen decoys and just comes running. I mean, puts his feathers down and just comes running. And at about 40 yards, he stops and, like, starts strutting and strutting. And I'm like, dude. This turkey hunting's easy, like so easy. <laughs> and uh, he comes into, I, I want to say it was about 18 yards. And um, I don't know, drew back, let the arrow fly and saw a puff of feathers. And he just kind of like ran down the hill and then turned around and, I don't know, flipped me the bird and walked <laughs> off. And yeah, I, I think I shot low. So I think I just took some of his chest feathers off, but he didn't seem hurt at all. Yeah. That, that was my first experience. And the rest don't go much different. So you keep telling me that you're cursed. I'm cursed, man. So I'll I'll ramble through them fairly quickly. Go here. ahead. <laughs> so, I've never heard these. So that, Nick that, Nick doesn't know what it's like to fail. Sure, yeah. sure. Because last he just year goes was his first taste. Yeah, yeah I failed yeah. last year. I could have shot one, but I decided I didn't want to because I let my dad do it. <laughs> so tell nice. me what it's like to fail. <laughs> so I believe. I believe the next day I, I had a couple come close, but nothing within range. And then um, the last day of our hunt, uh, I, I, I switched to a new spot, got got in there before dark, you know, walking out there in the dark, no flashlight, trying not to spook birds and all this kind of like foothill country. And uh, about an hour after light, a nice, decent tom comes in, comes in just perfect 15 yards, no, 10 yards, 10 yards away. And I draw back and I, I shoot that sucker. And like, he does like kind of like this backflip and he half runs away and he probably gets out to about 45 yards and he starts and he's walking. He never laid down. He he just starts walking. And I, I watched him go right past this cedar tree. And, and that was it. I gave him like an hour and I got up and started to look around and he was freaking gone. Like never found him. Right. Like I looked everywhere i looked under they'll go crawl under a cedar tree and die sometimes so i checked every cedar tree in that whole valley like never found him i have no idea where he went and then the next year went back out there almost identical spot same thing happened and this bird was hurt like oh man his his wings were hanging down as he kind of walked away he looked sicker than a dog i'm like you know what i don't want to bump this thing so i was like i'm just gonna let him lay for like six hours so i literally stayed out there in the blind for like four or five more hours and then i was like okay he he walked down that ravine so i'm gonna go downhill because these things if they have enough energy to put their wings out because it's really steep country where i was hunting they'll just jump and just glide down the freaking valley all the way to the river Hmm. so i was like okay so i walked all the way downhill and was coming up and i'm coming up i'm like man i I really think he would have bed down right out of sight right and I look up and he's there. He's freaking laying there. His wings are all fanned out. His head is laying on his back. I'm like, 
he's fucking dead. <laughs> I like, I'm like 35 <laughs> yards away and I start creeping and creeping and I, I had another arrow knocked. I was like, it's been, it's been like six hours. I don't trust this dickhead one bit. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I had almost, I was about 20 yards. And I was like, I'm going to shoot him again. I don't care. I'm just going to shoot it again just in case. But I had to move over like three steps to my right. And I'm not kidding. Like my third step, there's just this little crick of a twig and that freaking head shoots up and the bird stands up and takes off running full speed and just jumps <laughs> off this hillside and sails about three quarters of a mile away. Like what the F just happened, right? So that was my second year. Yeah. Psych. Psych. Yeah. And then my third year, I wanted to take my aunt out there. who's a big bow hunter. And um, so we go out there and she said, oh, it's the first morning. <laughs> oh, frick, this is so bad. I don't even want to talk about it. It's the first morning. Uh, you can hunt first. So we set up on top of this beautiful ridge, beautiful sunrise comes up and over. And uh, uh, I, I knew that they liked to roost uh, down on this one ravine. And then they came up on this ridge. It was all cleared off on top. So we set up right on top. I, I got a double bull 360. Um, and uh, when, with this blind, it's got netting. But for turkeys, we have the netting up. And we just wear black clothing in the blind. It's blacked out inside. Like, they never seem to notice you in the blind. So here we are in this blind. And if you can picture this, we're looking straight north down this ridge. And the sun's coming up to our, our right, to the east. And we hear these gobbles coming up the hill. And I'm giving a couple clucks and chirps here and there and they're getting louder and louder and all of a sudden i just barely to my to like three o'clock i see two heads coming up over the ridge i'm like here they come those freaking gobblers gobbled like every three steps come on, come on, come on, come on. they they literally came right up to the blind and you all we saw was their shadows on the blind they, they had to be on within four yards of the blind and like just picture a turkey's shadow and every two steps stretching its neck out like <laughs> Right at the exact same time, right? And they literally walked around the blind behind us. Like, I'm shaking, like, oh, here we go, here we go. Uh, they come around from my left, and they're at <laughs> they're at six. Oh, no, I, I'd probably say they're about nine yards, maybe ten. And I, I, I drew back my bow, and the one caught me moving and started to kind of get a little, like, he put his feathers down and started to kind of move. The other one stayed stationary, and I just was like, oh, I don't want him to take off running. So I shoot. And my arrow just flies like three feet over the freaking thing. Like, what? And I look down and right in my blind, like like three inches below the uh, the rim, is just a perfect X. I shot right through my blind with the arrow, you know? And so that, that turkey runs up to like 30 yards, and I'm knocking another arrow, and they just gobble their way down the ridge and left. And uh, so then the next day, then my aunt had an experience, which I'll save that for a different day. And then the last time I went turkey hunting was here in Minnesota. I'd taken a couple years off because I hated, I was just so pissed. <laughs> and uh, my buddy had like seven acres uh, north of where I lived. And uh, he's like, I see turkeys out here every day. Like I live by a uh, high line wires and they're out here all the time. Just come buy it, get a tag or something and come kill one out here. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So got my two hen decoys out there. Set up early in the morning and like 250 yards away, there's a big old Tom working on the, on the high lines and I'm calling to him. He doesn't, I mean, must've been an hour of watching him just kind of work on the neighbor's property. Didn't want anything to do with me. Right. Whatever. There's not, he's not responsive. Not a big deal. I'm just enjoying a couple deer walked by and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden I, I'm sitting there and I hear the frick. And all of a sudden like four hens come walking from behind my blind and they start walking towards my hen decoys. I'm like, Oh dude, 
And like oh, these hens came out of nowhere. I wonder if there's a tom with them, but there wasn't. And then out of nowhere, the one hen just starts beating the F out of my hen decoy. <laughs> and I, I just had the inflatable ones, the inflatable yeah. primos ones. I was like, I was kind of, I was like, she's going to freaking pop my decoy. Dude. Like, <laughs> she's just beating the crap out of it. And I'm like, wide eyed, like, this is crazy. And all of a sudden I look up and I don't know if anybody ever played the South Park video game, but like the way the turkeys run in on that game. Anyways, look <laughs> it up, Google it. The, all of a sudden I look up and that Tom that was at like 250 yards is full sprint at about 60, just, <laughs> just running in as fast as he can because he saw these hens going nuts, right? And uh, about about 18 yards out, there was a barbed wire fence, which was kind of the property line, basically. And um, I was like, oh, frick, I just need to cross that fence, baby. Let's go, let's go. Uh, like, his property went another 30 yards, but I just don't want to shoot through a fence, right? Um, so he gets right up to the fence, and I, I'm getting my release ready. And all of a sudden, one of the hens walks up, and literally looks in my blind. Like she comes up, she's like, bah, bah. and she looks in my blind, and that freaking like. Then all she, I swear, she just looked at her friend like, hey, there's somebody in here. Like, and then she like starts running away kind of fast. Like her head was in my blind, and she starts kind of running away. And then all of a sudden, the tom gets like he lays his feather. He was strutting. All of a sudden, he lays his feathers down. And he's like, whoa, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong? Right? And I'm like, oh, frig it, I'm just gonna shoot him. And so I let the arrow fly. And I, I hit that piece of barbed wire and the freaking <laughs> arrow went zang about 40 feet in the air, landed in a swamp somewhere. And I, I don't think they were even out of sight. And I had my blindfolded up like, F you. I'm out of here, man. So it, it was fun. Good experiences, but I'm due. I'm due to kill a turkey. I, uh, it's, I've never had it come together for me. So. This hen came in your blind and was like, who's home? What's going on? Hello? I wish people could have saw Seth's body body movement. Look up turkeys from the South Park video game. Because, like, I don't know. It's exactly what they look like. It was great. You can't make them stories up. I can't nope. believe you hit the barbed wire. Dude, hit the barbed wire. I like, can't believe the turkey if came I in his blind. <laughs> Dude, literally, her head was in my blind. Like, Wah! And she didn't freak out as bad as you would think. Because, you know, I was holding still, but it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And by the way, the other one, Primo's inflatable hen decoy never popped. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah. Held, Big held, plug to Primo's. Yeah. It was legit. Is, is that where, I don't, I don't know if you guys even know the answer to this question. Is that where Primo's pretty much got their big start was it turkey hunt or was it deer hunting Tur- turkey and ducks i thought was it uh, i don't know i i remember starting with their a uh, duck hunting video but i mean down south i i think they're bigger into turkey and deer i see more of their okay. stuff for that i don't see much for for duck hunting sure oh, yep and then they got really into like the western like elk hunting calls all that kind of stuff so yeah yep. we go on their line and they're I mean, how long have right. you had that double bull? I've used it a couple of times and bought replacement. Like, I bought that not, double bull. They don't bull even in, make it anymore. Right. I bought that double bull in 2005 and they still honor the warranty. Yeah. Like it's freaking awesome. I think the guys used to, that own the company, I think one of them lived in Monticello, Minnesota. Like the address on the box was Monticello. So, and then they sold the primos. Good for them. Hopefully they made made is, bank. I that, love that blind. Is that one of those 360 blinds that you can see out of? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But it's not like the... The ones where it's the it's um not like the screened one, right? So like it, it doesn't have it little windows. Screen, but like, like you can adjust like the height of it, so yep. you can have the whole thing open if you want all the way around. It's not the newer ones where it's closed off, but it's like a one way you can see out but not in. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 
It's not one of those. Oh, which okay. Kruger has one of those. Those I think would be really cool for turkey hunting, but I think they'd be horrible for deer hunting. Sure. Like I, I use this for deer hunting. So long story short, the double bull guys came out with some sweet videos early on. You know, okay, if you're using these blinds, here's what you do. If you can see 50 yards or less, then brush in your blind. If you can see uh, uh, 50 yards or more, then just put it out in the open. So, like, when I when I go for turkeys, I just laid it out in the open field, like a, a pasture. They don't care one bit. And while I was out there turkey hunting, I'd have deer walk by within bow range. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Hmm. Yeah. But when I'd hunt in the woods for deer, I'd brush it in because as soon as they'd come down a trail, they'd, they'd freak out when they'd see it. Out in the pasture, they didn't seem to mind that much until they got downwind. So, I don't know. It's really weird. So, something to keep in mind. I don't know. Yep. I think that's that's weird that you can just set them up in the middle of a field and yeah. you're good to go. Yeah. The other thing cool, like, so when I was out there with my aunt that one year, we're sitting there in the blind. It's like midday. We just try to stay out there basically all day. Why not? Right. Um, and we were sitting there and all we heard is like, like kind of in the distance and get louder. We're like, what is that? And then all of a sudden we look up and you could see some fighter jets, right? Flying around, and then like half an hour later, we're sitting there, and all it's the first time I ever heard a sonic boom. They must have just whizzed by, and dude, like literally would shake the walls on the blind, like from the sonic boom. So there must have been some air base out there somewhere where they could legally do that. It was pretty cool. I didn't know they couldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Illegal, I guess I'm a fucking idiot. There he is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You didn't know who Babe Winkleman was. Dude, I looked him up. You're I've, a Minnesotan. I've se- I'm a Minnesotan, yeah. You yeah. Ever have you, have you guys up? heard of this no. guy named uh, Jesus Christ? That's yeah. like not known <laughs> Ron Shera. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Dude, look I, him up. I, I, I looked. I know like, he looks familiar, but I've never watched a single thing. Yep. No. Yeah, I used to be. If, if you I told watched, you, I'm just getting into this. I know. This whole thing is me learning from you guys. As a kid, Saturday morning fishing show was Babe Winkleman. Yeah. Every now and then he'd have a hunting episode on, and yeah. I bought banjo minnows because of him, dude. Banjo, <laughs> banjo, banjo yeah. minnows for bass. Did, Never did, caught a fish off a of banjo no. minnow, but I bought him because of Babe. Did anybody <laughs> buy the helicopter lure from? Uh-uh. Uh, oh, okay, never mind. I won't talk about it. <laughs> Why not? What? Google it. It's just classic You're, helicopter. I have lure. like fifteen pages up here. I know. What the hell? I know. Is a helicopter lure. Just look it up, everybody. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a sweet lure that came back, and I can't remember. Uh, it's like a like bleach blonde hair guy that was selling it. Big bass fisherman from down south. Can't think of his name, but did it work? No. Oh, not most at all. Of that stuff doesn't work. No. Yeah. Unless you're in I've Canada. I've got a bass on banjo minnow. I will admit that. Dude, not to get on a bass tangent, but have you ever watched like the bloopers of Bill Dance? Yep. Oh, when yeah. When he's in the oh, fucking yeah. boat. Snake falls on him and all that stuff. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing yeah. when the trolling motor got unhooked. See the one where he shuts his tailgate and snaps his rods in half? <laughs> all oh. of them, too. Not just one, all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, I got this one. He gets it in the ceiling fan. <laughs> it's the best, man. Bill Dance. So, like, I don't even remember how old I was when I first saw that. I know who TV. he is. Yeah, good. <laughs> Good, yep. Did you watch? Did you guys watch a lot of? How can I say this? Did you watch any turkey hunting videos or anything like that before you went out, or just probably about fifty of them? <laughs> Reese That's is a hard. big YouTube guy. I nice. I am not. That's because you don't need it out there. Oh my god! Here we go again. <laughs> well, I, just for measuring, uh, 
roughly what do how we many measure? acres? <laughs> yeah. yeah, roughly how many acres you guys farm out there? You know. So are we turkey on? It's about two hundred acres. Okay, it's not like you're on a fifteen thousand acre ranch and nobody else can get to those birds. Nope, not at all. Okay, nice. Just two hundred acres, they can't get to the birds. Yeah, yeah. but it's what, still, you, what did you say are. the range was? I think when I looked it up earlier today, it was like three hundred to like a thousand acres is what they'll roam technically. And then I don't. I mean, I literally googled it, but I think it was like three to like 10 miles ish somewhere in there so like they're not roaming super far and like when you find that roost too they're i mean they might roost in like one two three locations but it's not like 50 locations like they kind of got their designated trees they know where to go they know where to come back to it's a big thing about food source as with anything a lot of it's flying up too they need open area to fly up and fly down i was gonna ask what what does a turkey eat is it like birds because we get them out of the deck everything. all the time. Um, get, they seeds much- and bugs, lots yeah. of bugs. Like out out in South Dakota, they did nothing but flip over cow pies and just yeah. look for bugs, worms, a lot all of that grass stuff. and stuff too. Acorns, yep. they eat acorns. Is it really? Yep. Yep. I just corn and beans and whatever we threw out <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> so I'm just kidding, planting, throw it out there. Whatever, whatever they're planting that year, that's what I, they're eating. I was always told that if never let a a, a penned turkey out. Because they'll breed with wild turkeys and it creates, like, I don't know if this is true, but <laughs> I was told that it creates like a, like an extremely dumb breed of turkey that's so dumb that in a thunderstorm they will gobble straight up in the air and drown on the rain. Like that's how dumb they are. So I'm, I'm curious if anybody has any insight to like not releasing a pen bird for that reason. This has nothing to do with turkeys, but a story like when you told me that story just popped up. When we were kids, we used to go to like Sunday school or whatever on Saturdays out at a church in the country. I remember one time it was my mom, my brother Marshall and I, and we were driving and like one of them farm ducks or goose was like staring straight up in the fucking sky <laughs> in the middle of the road. And like my mom, she would try to like go around Tried to go around it, and it kept swerving in front of the fucking car, <laughs> but at the same time looking straight up in the air. I don't know. It was fucking stupid. Farm ducks. I don't know. You guys don't remember that. But I don't. <laughs> like, it was so stupid. It was a goose. It was a farm goose, but like- Big like, white you're, goose. You start talking about how they look up, and they could drown, right. and the first thing that popped up was- That's what the guy told me. He's like, they'll hear thunder and just- <laughs> drowned on the rain i guess yeah so that's why i would say talk uh just a random plug on what they eat so talk to a farmer because we have found a lot of like our seed corn that we'll plant like plant for that year in their like crop like oh sure we'll find a ton of like treated seed corn that we're trying to get to grow and they're eating it so farmers love and they do cause a lot of damage the so farmers love when you come hunt them so so like you cut them open they got like a bunch of pink colored seeds it's, it's in like their green and like, red yeah. yeah it's crazy what the heck man that's crazy and i wouldn't assume that stuff's good to eat right so. right what now getting back on that what well, how do you cook them like what do Great you just question. breast them that out is the or? best question of the right? podcast yeah <laughs> damn right <laughs> this kid thought he was an idiot <laughs> i don't know how you do it how you do it <laughs> Um, so us personally, we do like a three day brine. Um, we throw them in a five gallon bucket and brine them up for three days and we've smoked them and that's been our best success. What's what's in the brine? Do you know? Uh, honestly, Google. So that's our best resource. (laughs) Isn't usually the brine just a salt brine? Mostly salt. There's some other stuff in there. There might be some vinegar potentially. Is that something my dad might've thrown in there? I'm trying to remember. It sounds like something that would be, that would be in a brine. Yeah. And so we We did like a three day brine. And then we remember we seasoned it like everything in my parents' freaking seasoning cabinet last year in the smoker. I think there's about 15 different things we put in it. 
but it turned out pretty good. Yeah, nice. that was the best one we've done. Um, we typically smoke them, to be honest. I've heard if you put them in the oven, they have the potential of drying out. I've heard, you know, wild birds are drier meat than your um, typical Coburn's bird or your typical grocery state or store bird. So that's what, what I, I just smoked mine too. I did a full one. I What is that? Spatchcock where you cut the back out. Yep. Laid flat. Laid out. Did it that way. Brined yep. it for, I think, three days and just a salt brine, then seasoned it. And then we had a buddy that was it last year, I think. He, ground it all up and turn it into sage breakfast sausage nice. which was actually pretty good turn out good yeah really awesome. good. didn't yes. you get that off the the meat eater cookbook yeah i think Is so yeah i think that's what it was yeah so, uh, so i think you put a little pork with it and what what kind of wine good. would you pair with this bird a bush light <laughs> <laughs> that's a beer you goop that's a Close beer enough Close like, enough. That was a great question, though, because that's kind of full circle. We started with the seasons and how you legally shoot them to how you cook them. I, so. I've heard a lot of people say that, like, they're gamey. I've, I'm not a big turkey guy, but I remember my uncle shot one up north fuck, a long time ago. He just had, like, one of these little smokers, and he I took some of that, and that was probably the best I've ever had. He said he just smoked it. I don't know if he brined it or what, but. I don't. I didn't have any gamey in mine or no. your, the one that we did last year. I thought that turned out excellent. Maybe it's somewhere what they're eating if they're a little gamier. I'd, sure. I don't know. How, yeah. how you clean it and did, did he put it in the back of the truck for nine hours and then clean it and all yeah, and that if, stuff, right? Yeah, and if you don't clean it right away, might maybe have how some do you, blood and stuff in there. That How do you clean it? Like if you're doing the whole oh. turkey, how do you do it? And there's arguments on That's, this too. Like people will pluck it. Honest to gosh, I'll just literally – cut the breast like a goose and duck rip that open and i'll just breast it we've tried the legs so i'll be honest we've tried the legs we tried using every piece of meat the legs they run so much that that meat is so dark and so tough to me personally so that's you my don't experience. you just breast it out and brine the breast correct you don't do the yep. whole thing i don't I do did, the whole thing oh. i did the whole thing my first time it's it's a process is it worth it Depends on what you're going to do with it. For, like, the meat-wise, like... Yeah, I mean, you get a lot more meat, do you? obviously, out of it. And if you're going to smoke it, like, you get the skin and everything. But it's it's a long process. I wouldn't say the taste is any better or worse than just the breast, though, would you? No. I mean, it's just a little different because you, you still have that fat in there because you have the skin on. So, the fat's going to be underneath that. So, you get a little bit maybe different flavor, a little different texture. But it, it's a long process. When, when Hoggy and I did it... <laughs> We had him hanging from his garage, and we we're plucking him for two hours. Is Easter morning, and everybody's driving back and forth. All to the and stuff. So, I mean, it wasn't the greatest thing, but no, it, it takes a while. But if, if you want to put the time into it to pluck them out, you get obviously you get every piece of meat that you, you would want. Or if you're just breasting them, you get the two breasts. If you want to take legs, you get legs. Well, nice. I just have a question. So. <clears throat> Seth, how did your birds taste? Oh. <laughs> they tasted like um, like tag, <laughs> <laughs> like tag paper, soup. like tag yeah. soup. Yeah, yeah, like tag soup. Um, they were bitter. You saw most my ear taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get to get back on it, how big are these? Like, what's the how big is an average turkey that you guys are shooting? Like, you said that. Well, Nick keeps giving you shit. How big was your your turkey? How many pounds? Uh, I didn't weigh it, but I'd say it's probably like 18 pounds, somewhere in there. I think they run about 10 to 25 pounds. Yeah, I would say like a big bird. Like I think the one I shot was like somewhere between 20 and 25 pounds, somewhere in there. I honestly didn't weigh it either. We've yeah, never I've, taken the time. I've but. never heard of somebody shooting a 30-pound you know, like yeah. bird. It seems like 25 is about 
as big as they as get. big as they seem to get. So it's a lot about beard and, size too and spur size, so I can kind of tell the age of the bird. Okay, so now Seth, you kind of do a little bit of taxidermy stuff. What do people do? Like when you go and you shoot a turkey, sure. What what's what the spurs you talked about? And like Nick, you talked about spurs earlier. What? Some What's pe- the trophy? Like, how do you? Right. People have like what you you keep the back tur the back feathers. Like, what? How do you mount a turkey, or do you do it like the whole thing? Some people mount the whole thing. Most people just they cut off the tail. They cut off the tail, leaving a little bit of flesh on there, and then they can fan it out and put some salt on it and just nail it to a board, and it'll dry and stay like that in a week or two. You want to dry it fanned out, though, right? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, fan it out and then let it dry like that. And then you can mount it on the wall. they got all kinds of plaques and stuff. A lot of people will cut the spur off and just, like, make a necklace out of it. Where's the spur? The spur is located, so if you picture, like, a T-Rex foot or a chicken's foot, right? Yeah. The spur is <laughs> located. <T-Rex. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the spur is located, I don't know, about three inches off the ground on the back of the leg. Points, so, points backwards. Yeah, points backwards. Is that like a, a defensive mechanism? Like, that, that's they, what they, they use they with it. Yeah, people they stab people with fight it stuff with it. So, really? Yep. So, and, and what's a large spur on a turkey? Like an inch? It would be like a giant spur. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess right? I don't know. I, I think once inch you start, and a quarter, maybe? Yeah, inch and a quarter is like a huge I had an inch spur. and a half on my first. My first bird is the biggest I ever shot. I got super lucky. No, no lie. My beard was weird. ten and a half. I was and say, I was and say spur it, was like an inch and a half, inch and three quarters. It was huge. Like That's it was a, a big. What are, you, what are you looking for? What Nick? was the beard so, on it then? Is it the new state record? <laughs> ten it inch beard, be. four inch, ten five and inch. a half. <laughs> <laughs> so, How, did you guys do anything with your tails and spurs or anything? Or mine's. I have my uh, my tail downstairs. Just sits on the it's wall. It's weird. You missed it when you walked in. Yeah, you didn't walk <laughs> in. Walked into the front door. <laughs> oh, nice. Did no, you put it on a wood plaque or just on the wall? Uh, I was going to get a plaque for it, and then I didn't they get didn't around to it. didn't sell small enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I just threw it up. It's like up on the rafters. just sits there. Sure. So I know, Seth, you, you've done something with the feet before. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've taken turkey feet, <laughs> especially with my experiences. Um, take, take a turkey foot and just run a piece them? of wire through it. Well, buddies of mine have shot them and stuff over the years. Okay. And I got this idea from from a guy I work with who showed me one of these and it's a turkey's foot, but they leave the middle finger up. So it's like the bird flipping you the bird. It's pretty freaking hilarious. Works good as a coat rack. So what do you, there you, go. <clears throat> you just lacquer it or like- yeah. Yeah. So you just, uh, all you got to do with like a b- bird foot is I run a chunk of wire down the leg and out the pad and then um, it just makes it easier. And then I'll I'll bend the wire in the shape I want the finger. <laughs> and, then, and then you just snip off the wire when you're done. You just kind of tie the finger or whatever to the wire till it dries. And then you just yeah spray some lacquer or something on it, and it's good to go. <laughs> so pretty rigid. I think nice. we should. If any of you guys get a turkey this year, we should. I'll glad. Yeah, anybody shoots a turkey, I'll gladly put a flipping the bird mount together for you. So. Well, Nick, Nick will get you too. Oh. <laughs> oh, but it, it won't be the average size middle yeah. finger. It, no. It'll be like it'll like, be a human size. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, we're getting semi towards the end of Seth. But I, I think we want to talk about a little Ducks Unlimited banquet oh, coming. Yeah. Oh yeah! Thanks, thanks. Yeah, thanks so for, this, I forgot. If this airs it. on April sixth. Yep. Uh, just a reminder: April twelfth is uh, if you're if you're anywhere in the central Minnesota region. April 12th is our spring banquet for Ducks Unlimited in Buffalo, Minnesota. So um, jump on to Ducks Unlimited. Uh, I believe it's ducks.org. 
look up local events, pick Minnesota, and then just start scrolling down. You'll see everything's listed uh, in order of uh, most recent to later scheduled. And look for April 12th, Buffalo Spring Banquet. Sign up. I can go into a bunch of details, but basically 60 bucks gets you in the door. You get a $10 voucher to use on food or booze, and that gets you entered into a, a uh, door prize drawing. We give away a door prize for every other person that signs up. So you stand a 50% chance at least of getting something, right? And we try to have a good average price of you know 30 bucks per door prize or 35 bucks per door prize. Um, we do give away guns as door prizes. So uh, the more people we get to sign up, the more guns we give away. So sign up. You get your Ducks Unlimited membership. You get your $10 voucher. You get a, f- a really good chance at a door prize, which could be a gun. And then when you're there, we got a bunch of other games, raffles, stuff to play for. It's a ton of fun. Come BS. It, it's it's going to be good to have people face-to-face again. And if you want to support, you can, you can still spend $60, not go in person, still win door prizes. You don't have to be present to win. Um, and you can just kind of, uh, log in on Zoom. We have a Zoom link that will email you. And you can watch us draw door prizes and hear your name called for that. Or you can try to buy uh, some raffle tickets if you if you call us up. Can so. you, like Reese, Reese taught, we talked about this earlier. Can you go in person? Yes. Like, I mean, not in As person. As of right now, you can. So here's the deal. The, the but vent- can you go there and sign up right. the day At of? the door. At yes. the door. That's you, what, yeah. you can. The only risk you have is if we hit a certain number of people, which I don't think we'll hit, but we might have to say, sorry, we've reached capacity. Like then we, then we can't sell any more tickets, right? Unless you want to stand in the parking lot, um, which we'd probably still do. I just, I I don't like to have people come if they're not going to have the full experience and fun. So if you buy online, you're guaranteed to get a seat in the building around all the action. If you show up the night of, you're probably still going to be just fine, but just know there's a slight risk. If, if suddenly people decide to sign up and we, we hit our max. So I, that's a good problem to have though. I mean, obviously for the person yep. that can't be there, but yep. I, that's huge. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Just come out in person. Well, you'll still have fun, but, uh, um, hopefully it's not too full of house and you can get a good table. So and we'll, we'll all be there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've been what last three years. We did two years and then last year was virtual. And right. Yeah. So this before. Right. It's yeah. always a good time. Yeah. Come out, uh, give, uh, Track me down. If you tell me you're a listener to Border, I'll buy a beer. Oh, oh I'm, a, I'm a listener yeah, to Border. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and then you, can, you can come watch Nick win some prizes. <laughs> I was going to say that, that 50 50, Nick's going to win two because he'll oh, probably yeah. win mine. Oh. Yeah, right. He'll, yeah. And right? it'll probably be a brand new gun. He can take turkey hunting. Yeah. yeah. Nick, you've gotten pretty lucky over the years. So. I, I have won a 12 gauge shotgun, semi automatic. I've won a $500 <laughs> Reed's gift card and some other various <laughs> stuff at your event. And I've won some other stuff at other Ducks. I, yes. I love Ducks Unlimited. Yeti cooler yes. with a year supply of alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Lots it, was, of stuff. Uh, it was a good time. I honestly recommend it. And so, Seth, I have a question. If you uh, don't want to attend, you don't want to buy the ticket, can you still do the silent auction online? Or is Yes. It- so, I believe you can. Here's the tricky thing, though is it can be hard to find the silent auction. If you sign up for the event, you'll get an email like with the links and stuff. But if you're trying to find the silent auction, you just have to, uh, probably around the 8th, we'll put it online and you'll just have to track it down. So you'll have to go on the, the website and you, you can find it. It's just a little harder to find. If you sign up, we'll send you the link and all that stuff. So it's just easier. But the silent auction, we got a ton of stuff on there. Um, just look up Buffalo Ducks Unlimited uh, spring auction and uh 
Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. And there's that. drawings within the silent auction. Yeah. For instance, we might auction off 12 hats. And uh, let's say hats are numbered 1 through 12, and you bought hat number 10, and then we draw number 10. You win a prize associated with, with that batch of hats. And one of the prizes is uh, Ducks Limited Pistol of the Year. One's the Rifle of the Year. One's an AR-15 with a case of ammunition. So there's a lot of really good stuff. That's expensive. Yeah, man. It's, it's pretty <laughs> That's awesome. Gold. That's a, that, it's yeah, a price of lumber. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> Everybody knows right now, like winning a gun is fun, but ammo is super tricky to get these yeah. days. So winning winning hundreds of rounds of ammo, that alone is sweet, but you get the gun with it. So, yeah. Uh, I think I gave up my number in the past, 763-477-2328. If you got any questions, just give me a shout. It's coming up on the 12th, so sooner you sign up, the better. All right. We'll be there. This, we'll be uh, there. Awesome. Do you, yeah, come say hi to Nick and Reese and myself. They'll we'll probably all be wearing Brotherhood hats. Maybe maybe we can get a new one here one of these days. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we, I'm still we gotta waiting. make some. I think Scott was Scott still hoping to make it out? Is yeah, it? I think so. I, I think Scott so. and Tim Well they are they're going now since I just said they were. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, come on, meet the crew. Um yeah, that sounds I know it's fun. It's a, it's I'm serious. If you tell me, if, if you tell me you're you listen to the border, I'll buy you a beer. I promise. So they have bush light there. They do. Okay, bush. That means I'm getting a free beer. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. You might as well just get a picture and set it right on our table. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys want to touch any more on turkey hunting or? I think that's uh, Nick. You want to talk more about your giant turkey that you? Shot? No, no. Oh, uh, actually, I do want to get back to um, like. You you were talking about how you're fanning them out to mount them. Yep. Is it better to do you keep the spurs, like the feet? Yeah, like, I would. Do you put that all it, on the one? You can one put mount? that on the plaque with your beard and you the can. fan. Yeah, a lot of people mount the full feet hanging off, and then the fan, and then a lot of times they'll mount the beard too. Like they've got this. If you Google turkey tail mounts, you'll see what I'm talking about. You can mount it all on the same plaque, basically. Most like a lot of people will take their shotgun shell, remove the beard, and put the beard like into the base of the shotgun oh. shell, and either make a necklace out of it or just an ornament to hang on the wall. And then like the spurs, the coolest things I see is people will cut them off and like make a necklace, and they won't wear the necklace, but they'll hang it up. So like over the years, you'll see all their spurs hanging on like a loop on the wall. What's the what's the big trophy for? Is it the beard? Is that what you're, the, the you're beard, shooting? Fan. The beard, beard and fan. Yeah, beard and fan are the two things you see the most. And a, a seasoned turkey hunter knows that a big spur means an old bird. But like to the novice turkey hunter, as long as you got a pretty tail, that's the exciting part. Are all the are all the tails are they the same size? No, or, or they no, get, they'll vary. They get taller like, as they get older. Oh, for sure, really? yeah. taller, better color, kind of more filled out. Yeah, kind of like a like a mature duck. Yeah, like when it's got the full color, that's kind of like a mature turkey. It's got that full color to yeah. it. What I don't know if you guys, I, I kind of, I, I'm learning. This is all new to me. Like I'm learning this. What's the average? Do you guys know what the average age of like of a, of oh, a mature man. Tom? I, I want to say it's like five years. It's not very old. Like yeah, the average. Age, I'm not but, sure either. I can't honestly speak to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Like if you start looking into turkey hunting, like us here in Minnesota, we have the Easterns, but like. Over in South Dakota, where I was hunting, on over by the Missouri, it's the Merriams. With the white? Yeah, and they oh, got the white cool. band. So, like, their tail has, like, a white band to it. It's, like, a totally different looking tail. They're cool. So, there's birds. different breeds for different the different... Different subspecies of turkeys. Yep. Uh, the Osceola down south, like, 
they're they they're all turkeys, but they all have a little different look. And like so, the Grand Slam of turkeys is like four or five different subspecies in the country. Um, they, so yeah, I think the Merriams are the coolest. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be Those things they are, awesome. are the coolest. Like because they're they're still a large bird, twenty twenty five pounds, and that white band is just gorgeous. Yeah, for the people that like really get it, that would be kind. of – I don't. Yeah, that'd be something cool to look into. Is what what's the what's the Great Northern Slam of like shooting every species like big game with like a muzzleloader bow or whatever. Right. But like the turkey, that's the turkey grand slam is all those subs. Yeah. And it's five different ones. Yeah. I want to say it's five, four for sure. But I, I haven't got my first one, so I'm not going to take about the grand slam. <laughs> this yet. dude knows turkeys. <laughs> this year. We'll, 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 we'll get it this year. Bird number one. Everyone can see it. Yeah. So just so everybody knows the plan is uh, for me and Mac here to, uh, to hunt together and, Take the video camera out. So yep. I'm hoping we can get on video me screwing up another turkey. Yeah, we have bow, it. bow we, or shotgun. Bow. I'm bow. a bow hunter, so yeah. that's what I'm doing. So. Perfect. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel where we were kind of messing around the other night with trying to figure out how to record these podcasts and throw them on YouTube as we're doing them. But yep. otherwise, we're going to try to post some videos of us fucking around turkey hunting. Heck yeah. yeah. We always do it. Well, we did last year a turkey video. We did a little brotherhood update. Yeah. <laughs> nice. A COVID update with the turkey hunting. Well, yeah. there you go. How about that? What's uh, what's brotherhood got planned? Anything significant here in the near future? Other than uh, turkey season, that's probably the next big thing. But Yeah, I'd say turkey is probably the, the next thing. Um, I'm not sure what's after that. Actually, we can. Oh, no. We, you guys, when did we? We last talked in what, December? November, October, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Yeah, so I guess it, not really a whole lot. Did you guys do a lot of? You guys went to Lake of the Woods this year, didn't you? Ice fishing, first yeah. time. How was that? A lot Which, of small fish. Interesting. Who it was fun? <laughs> who'd you go through? Rainy River Resorts. Yep. yep. Would you stay in the the sleeper or? Yeah, we, we, we just, slept on the ice, and honestly, it's fun. But I don't know if I'd recommend it. Don't so. don't worry about time because this you're you're brotherhood. Oh, your brotherhood <laughs> hunting. We're special. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. We have all the time in the world. We do. <laughs> no, like I, we. I enjoyed it up there, though. I mean, it was it was fun. We didn't catch any monsters. I think the biggest fish because I was nineteen. I was very disappointed. All I wanted was an, an eel, eel pout. pout. I just oh, wanted one. Yeah. As a bourbon, we tried. We put on like fifteen different minnows and just set it on the bottom at night with rattle reels. Oh, not, you, not you a know, thing. You, not need, a you thing, know who huh? you need to. No. Uh, you know who you need to listen to. Those old. Old Patrick up there. Old Patrick Patches Olson, the lone angler. He goes out and he fishes for them and catches them. Really? Really? Oh, yeah. He loves burbot. I want to try to get up there this next winter. Yeah, man. His last podcast, he was going on about basically he just <laughs> he calls himself the uh, the rock bass ambassador. <laughs> so like he, the best thing about that guy is he just takes like the ugliest fish to people and he wants them to be like risen up like <laughs> this fish deserves more credit and this one deserves more credit and like yeah he almost never talks walleyes he's talking burbot and rock bass and oh they're delicious stuff like though. that they are you dude are good. so, so good. good yeah such an oily what, fish what did he what did he say there the they're, lobster basically yeah. like, well, he said he doesn't he said they're cod yeah it's a he's, type of cod yeah yeah, yeah it's a know sub, that. subspecies or something like that they're a relative of, sure. of cod totally makes sense but yeah, I we were up at Lake of the Woods that same weekend that you yep. guys were, Scott and I were, and you guys actually did. We caught a lot of small ones. We didn't catch any big ones. I don't think we caught any over fifteen. Yeah, we caught a twenty-one was our biggest. Was it twenty-one? Yep, that's a good size that's, one. Yeah, 
That's still it's still fun being up there though. Yeah. But you uh, catch it's nice just catching straight walleyes or soccer. You don't deal yep. perch, sunnies, none of that stuff. Oh, nice. perch. You know, I've caught a couple big jumbos up there. Yep. And those fight more than a walleye. Oh I, really? Oh fuck yeah. I could catch jumbo perch all day. Hmm. I would say the favorite trip of the year for fishing for me was uh that trout trip we took up to reese's cabin oh okay yeah up at uh by hill city there that was a blast that was more fun than lake of the woods just catching some beautiful fish cold uh, as hell though jesus yeah what yeah. was it like negative 35 uh, when neg- you guys were no, up there negative 40 something oh my yeah gosh. it was almost negative 50 we, i've never a- seen jameson whiskey freeze a <laughs> full it body froze it. solid in about 15 what? minutes full bottle of jameson froze oh my god like nothing works when it's that cold. No, Negative like, seventeen why, is the freezing point of whiskey. We were gonna know. go up and <laughs> we were gonna go try your lake for lake trout. Yeah, and four wheelers didn't start, so we were like, I'm not walking out there. No, so that's we crazy. We ended up going for some different trout. Oh my god! Well, and that's man. now that I'm happy you guys brought that up because Seth, how did your lake oh, trout? Yeah, we never told we people. Never touched, how did, yeah, my lake trout trip. Uh, so six days before that trip, like three days after we recorded the podcast about how to do it. I caught the COVID. Yeah. I think I'm dead now. This might be. Uh, <laughs> this but, is your uh, spirit? Yeah, this might be my spirit talking because the COVID got me. Um, luckily, I just squeaked by. I'm one of those few 99.9998% that made it. Um, but I got the COVID, so I couldn't go up there. So that was a big bummer. So I missed my lake trail fishing trip this year. Yep. Did the rest of the guys go up there? The rest of them went up there. They did pretty good, but yeah. they said it was busy because when they went up on opening weekend, it was like 23 degrees out. Oh, and it nice. was the busiest they've ever seen that lake. Oh, I bet. They uh, normally we might see you know six or eight shacks scattered about. At one point they counted thirty different oh, fishing oh shacks scattered about that lake. So, I mean, it's a good sized lake, but compared to the past, it was, yeah. it was busy with nice weather. But they did pretty good, but no big ones. The biggest one was I think twenty two inches. Um, it's still pretty good. Yeah, still really nice fish. Um, caught the smallest one they've ever caught. My one buddy caught like a six incher <laughs> so that's like the smallest one we've ever caught but i think between the only three of them made it up there i think they caught 10 fish total for the two days yeah, they were up there that's not okay. bad yeah how many would we caught the biggest fish we've ever caught to be honest so what what was the one was like hoagies is probably almost 18 17 and a half mine was, and I think was we had a nice. bigger. yeah i think we had a couple like 17 18 inches but that was brook trout right brook and rainbow yeah, brook so. and rainbow yeah, that's yep. nice so we go up there, what, this is the third year that we've gone up there and done it. Um, and normally, like when we first started, we get a ton of them. They're super active. They're like 12, 13 inches, so pretty small. Yep. And then this past year, we saw a good amount, but not as much as we used to. And they're not as active as they used to be, hmm. but they're big. Nice. Like they come through and it's like, that's a that'd be a nice like keeper walleye, like 17, right. 18 inches. Right. They're they're nice fish up there now. And That's it's just awesome. it's just sight fishing. So it's like seven to eight feet of water and a silver slender spoon. Just a smaller silver or ugh, can't even talk. <laughs> silver slender spoon. Thank you. With two <laughs> two wax worms on it. And that's what? where we're catching just awesome trout on this year. There was so much fun. Uh, that that sounds like a blast. Did you guys man. well I suppose if it wasn't seventy five below, would you guys ever do the spear hole? We kinda well, it's not a spear hole, but we do But like would you Cut a spear hole and try to sight fish that way. No, we only in eight feet. We normally do. Um, it's like two, so like two holes together or, two or three, three, depending on how cold it is and how how much we want to get into it. But normally that's enough to look down there. 
because I mean you're only in seven eight feet. Yeah, I suppose you just risk spooking but, them if you. But go would too you big a hole. would you want to do? It'd be nice spe- to have. It'd be nice. <laughs> that was the original question. Yeah. It, would, it would be super nice if we had the tools to do a spear hole. Yes. Sure. But by the time you guys went up there, there's probably what two feet of ice. Yeah, that'd be a. There, on those lakes, they're kind of different. But. So we got we got our cabin on on one lake, and there's like twenty inches, I think, out there. And then we go up to this trout lake. I think there's only like twelve to fifteen inches. Oh, okay, yeah. So it wasn't. I mean, it's still a good amount of ice, but it's nothing that you you couldn't you cut couldn't through. do it. Sure. How yeah. come? How come you guys didn't try deeper water? Was that the deep? Is it only seven eight feet deep on that lake or? No, I mean it goes to I think 108 is the deepest. So it's it's an old mining pit. So it's around mm-hmm. the edges. It drops off really quick and then it just goes into a hole. Um, I think guys catch them out deeper, but where we were fishing, I mean it's nice to see the bottom and that way you can see the whole water column and see what's mm-hmm. coming through because you get some fish going below, like towards the bottom, and some fish up high, but you can see them all. Whereas if you're in 80, 90 feet, you can only see maybe. 15 20 feet down and we only brought four fish home so like when we go out we don't keep every single fish now and why not because we just we want to throw <laughs> them back and let them yeah. live we want the bigger ones so this year we only brought four fish home for six guys and that's what we wanted i mean we caught yeah. more but that's all we kept so we're trying to nice like you said we kind of set standards and try to stick to it yeah right like once once you've gotten some under your belt you just yeah most guys set a standard or something. and It's all, yeah. it's all about the memories of catching them for right. fish. Oh, yeah. And you can only whatever. fish for so long because when you're sitting there hunched over a hole, yeah. your back starts to hurt. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it gets pretty old. I wasn't in your Jameson froze, so that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't good either. That was at the cabin. But. <laughs> so I, That's got to be the coldest I've ever heard anybody out fishing. It, yeah, it was – every year we go up there, it seems to be that one week of Super extreme bitter. cold. Yeah. yeah. Like we had a couple vehicles that didn't start and – my truck, I think, blew up black smoke when it shunt. It's a oh, gasser. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it was pretty cold. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. No, it's always fun up there. So, well, Nick, Reese, thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us, us again. On. Yeah. Hey, was, good good luck fun. this spring. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, you too. too. Hopefully, one. you finally get one. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> You're due for it. I'm due. I'm sure it'll happen. I just got to believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my our magic calling will do it (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah get a slate call not a moth call (laughs) i uh is that what that is slate Mm -hmm. slate mitch just got me one for my birthday yeah so we're good to go it's even got the training cover on it yeah oh nice oh yeah you got the little thing and you rub on there and it's gonna be sweet (laughs) yeah oh you can do a moth call right now i'm good good. (laughs) we're good to go so all right well with border outdoors i'm mac i'm seth we'll catch you guys next time Thanks for listening to the Border Outdoors podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Links are provided at borderoutdoors.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. Tell your friends, and we'll see you at the border.